Welcome to another episode of Locked On NFL Draft. We are joined by Rob Rang, and we're going to talk about an FCS powerhouse that doesn't get enough attention. All right, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a big showdown between two SEC schools, and also we're going to get into some NFL action for this weekend, some young players. All right, so make sure you guys stay tuned for all that and more. You are Locked On NFL Draft. Your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back, football fans. We have a great show for you. This is going to be a lot of fun, and it's something you're going to see over and over and over here on Locked On NFL Draft, part of the Locked On Network. It has been a long time coming for me personally, and you guys have read him, whether you remember it or not, you definitely have. FoxSports.com, you can find all of Rob Rang's work as well as going back to the early days like me. Rob, it is a pleasure to have you on. Welcome to the show. Oh, well, thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you, Eric. It is a pleasure just to talk a little bit of football with you, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. It's going to be a blast. I know you're working on something in particular, and Eric tipped it off at the top. Um, Powerhouses, not the ones that we think of. What are you looking at? Yeah, so the, I have an article dropping on uh, FoxSports.com tomorrow, Friday, uh, fr- on Friday, that is all about North Dakota State. And just kind of taking a peek behind the curtain a little bit about what is going on with the Bison. I, I think that when we think of powerhouses and major college football, it's easy to talk about Alabama. I mean, Alabama has five national titles since 2011. Think about that. I mean, that's remarkable. Yes, yeah, Except – North Dakota State almost hasn't doubled. They've got eight since 2011. And the thing is, is, it's not just the wins against FCS competition. Just think about the NFL draft prospects that we've seen. Obviously, Trey Lance this past year. Dylan Radons was a second-round pick. The linebacker, Jabril Cox, who wound up going to LSU, of course, was another high draft pick. Uh, you know, they, they've had all kinds of great players, but especially at the quarterback position. I think we all realize that if you can breed a quarterback, then you can build a program. And NDSU has three quarterbacks drafted since 2011, and there is only one other team in the entire country, the Oklahoma Sooners, who can claim that. And, you know, of course, Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, and then Jalen Hurts, who, of course, was Alabama transfer himself. And Alabama also, if you counted Jalen Hurts, you also could, Alabama would have three. But North Dakota State, between Carson Wentz, Trey Lance, and an Easton Stick as well, They've got three quarterbacks drafted that time. So to me, that's one of the fun things about it is the fact that, uh, again, I think that a lot of people nationally have no idea of the quality of play that is going on in Fargo, North Dakota, and the fact that they are uh, producing so many NFL prospects, especially at the, the game's most important position. I think that it deserved a closer look. I have a question. So, what are they doing different than everyone else in the FCS? Because, like you said, I mean, eight national titles since 2011, like, that's remarkable. And the level of dominance in which they do it is crazy. I mean, talk about Trey Lance. Obviously, I'm a 49er fan, and they just drafted him. We're talking about a kid that just went 17-0 and um, during his time there, undefeated as a redshirt freshman. How are they able to get these quarterbacks that they're getting drafted to the NFL so prepared to dominate week in and week out? 
Well, I, I, it's a great question. And that's why that was one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to really kind of investigate it. Because again, going back to Alabama, obviously once Nick Saban, you know, joined in forces at Alabama, Tuscaloosa, then and things started to change there. But North Dakota State has gone through three different head coaches while they've had this incredible run. And uh, Craig Bowl was kind of the, the one who really got things going. And he since has gone on to Wyoming. And of course, they produced the quarterback, Josh Allen. Uh, you know, and then after him was Chris Kleeman, who is now at Kansas State, and and they're doing big things there with the Wildcats. Um, and now it's Matt Entz, who's the head coach. He won a national title with them a couple of years back, and you know, right now they're three and zero. They are absolutely dominating the, the competition. I mean, they're as I mentioned in the piece, they are 127. Uh, or excuse me, they've scored 127 points over the first three games and only given up 13. So they look like they're very much loaded for bear all over again. Um, and, and what they're doing differently, guys, is, is that they are just trusting their own evaluations. I think that you look at the Trey Lances of the world, the Carson Wentz's of the world. I mean, these are guys that had basically no stars as recruits. I mean, famously, Trey Lance had been basically looked over um, coming out of Minnesota by uh, the own, his own program there. Um, at University of Minnesota, University of Iowa was actually the only one who officially gave him a scholarship offer. And that was a linebacker, um, you know. Right. And so the, with, with North Dakota State, they see players that they think they can develop. And then they do so. And one of the things that uh, that they've kind of talked about is that the quarterback position specifically, they put a lot on the quarterback. The quarterback has to be able to go up there. He is making the line calls, not the center like most teams do. And so not only are these athletic quarterbacks, especially in the case of certainly Trey Lance, and Easton Six is a terrific athlete as well, and Carson Wentz can move also. They're looking for those things. They're looking for arm strength, but they're also looking for the intelligence, for the heart, for the dedication. And so I think that's the biggest reason why is because they just trust their own evaluations, and then they're just great coaches. And there's no question about it. Fargo, North Dakota, their, their fan base, it's just like Tuscaloosa in a way. You know, they are all in with the Bison. There's not another pro game in town, so everybody supports the program. So anybody who's at all around the North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, you know, uh, Iowa kind of area, Nebraska area, a lot of them want to go to North Dakota State rather than play for some mid-major team um, where they might be, maybe if they're lucky, they might go to a bowl game maybe once. North Dakota State, they're winning championships, and there isn't a player alive, or at least not one that I'm interested in, who doesn't want to compete and win championships. You, you mentioned one thing about the responsibility that they put on the quarterback, about setting line protections and doing things like that. Why is it that they're able to get their quarterbacks to do that? and be able to execute at a high level while the rest of the country is going to a more simplistic offense, not really having guys play on the center, not, you know, really taking all the responsibility out of it, doing the whole clapping and then check with me, look to the sideline. And, you know, it's like right now heading into the NFL, that's been this biggest transition for a lot of these younger guys. Everything is stripped from them. But North Dakota says, no, we're going to actually give you all the responsibility and prepare you for the next level. Why, are, why do you think it is that they're doing that and other programs around the country aren't? 
That's a really good point. A really good question. I, I think that there's a lot of programs who are trying to simplify it on on their young players because they re- recognize that if you're going to play at an Alabama or a USC or a you know Ohio State, you may be one and done kind of a thing. By the time you actually get your opportunity, and I think at North Dakota State's for the most part, Trey Lance being an obvious exception. For the most part, they're going to be multiple year starters, I think. And so I think that they they kind of go in with that mentality that we want to make sure this is a player who is going to be able to last for our program for several years, not just for one season and then be already be thinking about the NFL. They're basically turning them into staple players that you have the development time. And that, that makes sense in a program like that. And Rob Rang is our newest staple. I think you guys are going to enjoy that. And I want to tell you about another staple of mine, at least when my kids don't steal them. And that's our friends over at Built Bar. They have everything that you need nutrition-wise in the best tasting protein bar out there on the market. And they have thousands of flavors that I can't even keep up with anymore. But 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 150 calories. They're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And usually... I don't even have one at my desk, but luckily the kids didn't pay attention today, so I got lucky. You guys can get everything that you want in your nutritional needs from Built Bar. Make sure that you check them out and check out our offer as well. It's over at Built.com, and if you use the promo code LOCKED15, you get 15% off of your next order. Over at Built.com, the best protein bars on the market. Now as we get into this weekend... There's there's some games of interest. I know that there's a couple that are at the top of the list. And uh, I think, Eric, you might have one that you, maybe you're a little more interested in the others. Definitely. Um, as you guys know, I live in SEC County, man. And definitely Arkansas, Razorback County. I, I'll tell you what, man. I went to college here. And we're talking about 2010, 2011. And you know, I had never been out of California at that point. But I come to this little small town, Monticello, Arkansas. And I had never in my life seen just – everybody so in tune with one thing ever and they love their Razorbacks. You can't say anything about them. Now at this time, the Razorbacks were really good. We're talking about having um, Ryan Mallett, Joe Adams, uh, Jerry is right. I mean, like, you know, they were like a powerhouse and they were one of the top teams in the nation. They have not been good since then, but right now they're kind of riding high three and oh, heading to this big game against Texas A&M Got some big-time guys on both sides of the ball. I'm not sure if Arkansas is for real, but what are your guys' thoughts, especially Rob? Like, I know you 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 talked about this game and really some of the guys that Texas A&M has. That's a big game over there in Dallas. What are you thinking? Uh, I, I think it's the most exciting game on the, the schedule this weekend. You know, there there is only two games that, that are pitting uh, two teams, both in the top 25. You have number 12, Notre Dame, uh, is going up against Wisconsin, the 18th-ranked team in the country. And that's an interesting game for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is the fact that Notre Dame's quarterback, Jack Cohn, is a former Wisconsin player. So there's going to be all kinds of interesting feelings there. But you said, Eric, I mean, to me, that's the, this is the game. Texas A&M hosting Arkansas. Uh, I just think that this is about as exciting as it gets. And, you know, the, the receiver trail on Burks for, for the Razorbacks, you, you mentioned some of those great Arkansas receivers in the past. And I think you can make an argument that Burks is the best receiver in the country right now. I mean, he is absolutely spectacular at his size, at his strength, his physicality. And he's also a speed guy as well. He showed I, that last week. 
Yeah, exactly. So that, that's the thing is I, I think this is a great matchup. I think that everybody's going to be rightfully so focusing in on Burks and some of the skill position players, Texas A&M, of course, the running back Isaiah Spiller, really excited about the, the uh, improvement that he has shown so far this year as a receiver out of the backfield. We saw what that did with, say, C.J. Spiller, or excuse me, the C.J. Spiller, with uh, the uh, – now I'm spacing on the Jacksonville running back that got hurt. Um, um, ETN. <laughs> yeah, which we saw with Travis ETN a year ago in the way his draft stock skyrocketed because he showed better hands and better pass protection than he had earlier in his career. And obviously that wound up uh, turning into a first round selection. So again, I think there's all kinds of skill position talent in this game, but you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a guy who played along the offensive and defensive lines in high school, not at the level that Eric Crocker did, of course, but still I, I played a little bit. And that's where my kind of, uh, you know, where I feel the most comfortable evaluating players. And I just love the talent all along the line of scrimmage for both of these clubs. I think Texas A&M, DeMarvin Leal is just, a, I think he's a top 10 kind of a caliber player. Yeah. So anytime that, that he might be going up against, uh, you know, I expect them to move him around and I'm kind of excited to see what he might be able to do against Myron Cunningham. Should they ever have any one-on-one matchups to me that that's, you know, like T.O. said, you know, get your popcorn ready. I mean, to me, that's kind of one of those matchups that would be really fun in that regard. Uh, Jalen Weidemeyer, the tight end for Texas A&M, he sometimes is disappointing in terms of his hands and concentration, but there's only so many guys, gentlemen, who are 6'5", 270 pounds that can run like he can. So, Again, I, I just really think that this is a really intriguing matchup. I like Texas A&M's Kenyon Green. I like the, the the breakout play that we've seen from one of those FCS transfers up to the FBS level uh, with Arkansas's John Ridgeway. I mean, he definitely is creating waves right now. So, again, I, I would agree with you. I think the Texas A&M is the more talented team. But at the same time, I do think that this is the best team we've seen in a long time from the Razorbacks. And so I'm excited about this one. Again, I think this is the best matchup of the weekend, one I'm very much looking forward to watching. I think a big thing is a big part of it is going to be, you know, Jefferson, the quarter, the young quarterback for Arkansas. How does he progress as more of a pure passer? We we see the athleticism, we see the ability to throw the ball down the field. Obviously, they have Traylon Burks and they have a stable of running backs. I don't know if anybody in the country has a bigger stable of running backs that can they can hand the ball off to at any time and they can break off big runs. But Jefferson in a game like this, that might be a little bit more controlled up front compared to what they've seen in the past few games, especially even playing against uh, Texas Longhorns that they just dominated up front. You're going to have to be able to throw the ball down the field. And Arkansas has a guy, especially we talked about Traylon Burks, and they look to get the ball in Traylon Burks any type of way, whether they're handing, handing him the ball off, whether it's a jet sweep, whether it's a screen or just throwing the ball down the field. But I think the Jefferson, that's going to be the X factor for Arkansas to be able to pull out a game like this against Texas A&M and show that they are for real after this 3-0 start. And, and Ron, I'm kind of curious about your perspective. And you're, you know, of course, the more the analytical crowd, you know. And, and so I – I'd like to consider myself analytical crowd. I just am not smart enough to pull it off, you know? And so I'm kind of curious if, if there are players that we haven't highlighted so far, or if there are certain things that, that you're looking for that, uh, you know, again, that our listeners should be watching. 
You know, there's a lot of flavors of analytics and you can specify what you're looking at. And for me, it's a lot about performance and the athleticism that goes into producing onto the field. And you named my number one guy to watch in this game and layout because it's about not just what you're capable in your quote unquote normal spot, but moving him around is exactly what I was looking for because I want to see if that versatility is there. This could change, I mean, from what, a, a top 10 slated guy that a lot of people talk about to a top three pick if he's able to show the athleticism in multiple positions and be versatile that you can project to the next level that he could be a game wrecker. I, I have to admit, my eye drifts to defense first, so maybe that's not the most honest of appraisal. But in terms of how you produce on pressure versus your opportunities against the run, that's the number one thing that I'll be watching. I want to ask you, in that game, is there someone that I'm not paying attention to that maybe I should be? You know, for me, if I was going to say that, again, I, I would have focused in on John John Ridgeway, um, the defensive tackle nose guy. I mean, this guy's 6'5", 320 pounds, and you, know, you watch the way that he pursues to the edges. You know, a lot, a lot of times the, you know, the average fan will take their eyes off the ball long enough to focus in on the line of scrimmage. But Ridgeway is one who is definitely moving his way up the charts. And then, Again, I don't want to just focus, uh, you know, on the line of scrimmage too much, but Kenyon Green, I mean, people throw this phrase around man crush. I mean, my goodness, I just love <laughs> the way the guy plays football, you know. And so for a former offensive line guy like myself, for a guy who who coached for a little bit at the high school level of offensive line, for guys who are that big, that strong, have already shown the positional versatility that you were just referring to, Ryan, by playing guard early in his career and moving outside to right tackle, uh, you know, this season so far for Texas A&M, just knowing the way that Jimbo Fisher year in, year out, whether he's at A&M or previously at Florida State, I mean, they just produce high-quality offensive linemen. So that's where my eyes are going to be, and I'm, I'm just hoping there's going to be enough plays by those receivers, by those cornerbacks, to be able to keep Eric Crocker entertained. <laughs> I think that's going to work out. you know. And at the end of the day, it's going to be all about figuring out who's going to do what where, and you can still do that. We're two weeks into the regular season, and you can still make the most of it with our friends at RunYourPool.com. The premier sports pool hosting service makes your life easy to get your pool off the ground and running. Week two is much stronger than the public, and they went 10 and 6 in Pick'em, and 10% of the pools were knocked out in Survivor. That's across the entirety of what they're setting up on their pools check them out pick five contest is still open for folks that enter and you can still win weekly prizes over there all you got to do you can get ten dollars off if you at run our your pool.com slash locked on and use our promo code locked on you got to go to the address and use the code it's the same thing locked on it does help don't miss out the nfl season is off to an exciting start and you can make it that much more so at run your pool.com slash locked on and after you got your pool running, you might want to go lay some action down on your favorite team or one of your not favorite teams. You can do that all over at betonline.ag for all your pro and college action. It's the number one spot to put that down on the line. You can get updated site information with odds, props, and contests and check out the number one source for everything football over at betonline.ag. You can head there now and you make a deposit. You're going to get that back to you twice in a 100% sign-up bonus by using that promo code NFL100. We hope that you'll check that out. And you can bet on other sports if you want to. I won't be, but football is definitely over there all the time. Our promo code is locked on, and you can find it all over at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So, Ryan, 
Big games this weekend. We've talked a lot about the college prospects. We talked about North Dakota State. We got some young guys slated to play this weekend in the NFL. All right. So I want to ask you first, Ryan. Is there anything that you're looking for this weekend where you're like, you know what? I can't wait to sit down and watch this young guy perform. There, there's so many when I think about it. And you mentioned Jabril Cox to me earlier. I was very high on him. His fall in the draft, I thought, didn't really do him justice in terms of what he's able to do on the field. What can he do for the Cowboys? That's one guy that I'll be watching. I want to see how, honestly, what the rookies do. We know that there's an injury. Um, to Kyle Wilson, or, sorry, Zach Wilson. Kyle's a whole different player than uh, I'm glad you're all right, Kyle. Um, but <laughs> that's one of those lingering things. And we all talk about quarterbacks all the time, right? But I want to see if this is something that he can overcome. A guy that I think flashed, I think getting up to where he was selected was a surprise for some people. And I don't want to see him take too much of a beating in the team that he's got the offensive line in front of him. I don't know if he can sustain it with a, a nagging injury like that, and I think that could hurt his development long-term, he's kind of already stacked up against it with the staff and everything else. So that's one guy that I'll be watching just, just for fun. But, um, Rob, who might be somebody that you want to get a good eye on this weekend? Well, yeah, I, I think that you know, it's a little bit low-hanging fruit, but I think you have to look at the rookie quarterbacks. I mean, it's just, just Thursday night, and we got Davis Mills going to be getting his opportunity here for the Houston Texans, and you know, he's got some talent. I mean, he he didn't play an awful lot for Stanford because of some durability issues, but you, you put on the tape at Stanford and, and what he was able to do, and you see the strong-arm, accurate quarterback that every team is looking for. So, you know, obviously a huge opportunity here uh, with Tyrod Taylor out, Deshaun Watson doing whatever Deshaun Watson is doing at this point. So <laughs> I mentioned Davis Mills. And then, you know, how about Justin Fields and, and his first NFL start with Andy Dalton being injured. And Justin Fields is going back to the football-loving state of Ohio to play the Cleveland Browns. I mean, you, you couldn't write a story better than that. So to me, there's no question. I'm really excited to see what they're able to do. Justin Fields, his talent is just, it's tantalizing. It's the same thing that we, we've seen with, or what we've seen flashes of, at least in the preseason with, with Trey Lance and then the 49ers. I'm excited to see what he might be able to do. But for those two rookie quarterbacks to get their first chance to be starters, uh, to me, is very exciting. And then I got to say somebody, you know, just, mentioned somebody from my own kind of backyard here in the Pacific Northwest, Penny Sewell. I think for as much as he was kind of blasted over the preseason, I've been really intrigued with how he has played going up against, uh, you know, Bosa, uh, you know, in the, in the last game and just performing very well against Joey Bosa, not Nick Bosa. I guess I should, I should make that clear, but I was just really impressed by his play. I'm not surprised. I was a huge, huge Sewell fan as a, as a Morris Trophy uh, representative myself. I've been a big fan of his for a long, long time and just love what Detroit is doing and their recommitment to the line of scrimmage. It's not translating to victories just yet, but I just love the fact that we're seeing a Detroit Lions team that for a long time, let's face it, they were called the Lions, but they were the – Pussycats, let's just call it that. And, <laughs> and I think that they now are playing with a different level of physicality along the line of scrimmage. And I think that Penny Sewell is going to be a big part of that. So I am, I am intrigued by what he has shown so far. So the fact that they're going against the Baltimore Ravens, of course, is a different level of defense. So I'm curious to see what Sewell is able to do against them. I think the biggest thing that, and, you know, and Rob, you, you, you brought this up, but Justin Fields, 
you know, getting that start. And, and and the reason why I'm so intrigued about that game and about that prospect is because, you know, his head coach, Jim Nagy, has kind of been pushing it off, pushing off starting him. And I understand it when you have a guy like Andy Dalton. You understand that he can execute at least to a certain level to where the offense is, in theory, moving the ball and giving you the best chance to win, you know, as opposed to a, a rookie. And, and there's, you just don't know yet. And I think this is – kind of a blessing in disguise, almost like going back 2000, was it 2012, Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick, where Alex Smith got the concussion and a clear way to put in a guy like Colin Kaepernick. And you probably, you know, maybe he didn't practice extremely well. You didn't know exactly where you're getting, but he plays against the Bears and he balls. And it made it hard to put your guy back in, Alex Smith, who was kind of your bridge, quote unquote, quarterback. And like Nagy, Harbaugh did not just right away commit to to Colin Kaepernick. He drug it out over weeks. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know who's going to start. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. He didn't name – I don't even think – I still don't think he named Colin Kaepernick the starter. It was a while, like, all the way up until, like, the playoffs where it was like, all right, we're going to go with Colin Kaepernick in the playoffs. This could be a situation like that for Justin Fields where Nagy has not named him the starter in the sense of, like, hey, no matter what, if Andy Dalton's back – if, if he's not back, whatever, you're going to be the starter. That's not the case here. This is kind of a trial period for Justin Fields. And it, I, I like it that way because he doesn't have to go in with it, with that. He doesn't have to go in with like the, the pressure of feeling like he has to be perfect. It's like, man, go out there, play free, make plays like you do. And if he can kind of string together a couple games, then I think he will be the guy long-term. But it's intriguing because of just the overall situation. No, exactly. That, that's one of the reasons I'm so excited about it. I mean, I, again, I grew up here in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, I, I work with Corbin Smith, very proud to work in the Locked On Seahawks podcast with him. Um, and so that's where my background lies. But my father-in-law is as passionate of a Chicago Bears fan. It's just about anybody I know. I mean, he might be wearing Chicago Bears socks right now. I promise you he will on game day. And he is as excited about Justin Fields as anybody. And you can understand that from the fan base that has had just well, let's face it, it's been pretty miserable play at the quarterback position for an awful long time and justin fields is just excitement bottled up and, and so I, I really think that uh that yeah i think that every uh nfl fan is has to look and see what is going to happen there because you're, you're right you, you may not ever see andy dalton return to the field as a starter for chicago because justin fields really is that talented and he, we all know that he's going to have his ups and downs but still the excitement that he is going to give that fan base uh, i think is uh, is well worth the, the bold move that chicago made and going to get him in the first place and i think the toughest thing I'm, right now i actually have the game on watching davis mills against carolina and davis mills like his first few passes Screenplays, And I think that's the thing that kind of goes through coaches' minds when they have this young guy in there. No matter how ready you think he is, you kind of have to scale back your offense a little bit and you see them throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage three straight times. And it's like, man, no coach, head coach wants to go through that, uh, you know, in an actual NFL game. So um, I'm interested to see, man, how, how it all plays out for a lot of these young guys. This could be interesting as well. And I want to give one more shout out before we end today to the rookie class of cornerbacks. Some actual great performances there. Asante Simon Jr., Pat Sertan, J.C. Horns coming on. Um, and, and Eric Stokes, uh, just got to throw a little UGA out there for my, my family down all there. Passes, right? They all, all three of the guys you just named, they've all picked off a pass already in their first two games. Right. 
you know, it, at what I think is one of the tougher positions to walk in the league at, there's a lot good to watch there, folks. So make sure you check that out. Make sure you're back here for Thursday. Well, make sure you're back here Monday as well, because we'll have post game on Sunday night. Rob Rang is now a feature on the show. Rob, thanks for everything. It's great to have you here. Oh, thanks so much for having me, guys. Look forward to next Thursday and everyone after that. Let's just keep on talking ball and having a great time. Folks, you can more, hear more from him over on the Seahawks Locked On Show. And Eric, hey, we made it through a week, man. Let's get it. Yes, sir. <laughs> Folks, you have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Sunday night.